Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning. Today is September 12th, 2018. I am your host, Gene Wilhelm, and you are listening to Red Sea Roundup. Uh, We've got a guest coming up in the next uh, hour who will be here from from Waco, and uh, that's Dennis Daniel. And I have here with me in the studio this morning... Thaddeus Romanski, whom I think some of you may know, and we're going to have a little discussion before Dennis gets here. Morning, Gene. How you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Always uh, good to see your pleasant, smiling face. Yes, and if there's much more rain, I'm going to develop moss on my north side. Oh, no. Yes, I'm afraid so. Well, I'm just pleasantly happy that uh, we don't have any water in our house, it's all still yes, outside. That's right. And uh, for those of you who listen on a regular basis, I had uh, contact with our friends uh, Pete and Sue Fullerton uh, in, uh, that was on the program several months ago. They're living in the Carolinas, Just, and they are uh, up on high ground. So I would ask you to pray for the folks in the Carolinas in indeed, particular. Indeed. And also with all of the stuff that looks like it's heading into the Gulf for ourselves and for everybody. And particularly for the farmers here who are starting to do their cotton harvests. And they, they don't need rain during cotton harvest. But they do, we do need rain. But let, me, let the Lord do it sort of selectively around those cotton fields that need to be harvested. Yes, yes. So what's going on, Dennis? we got something coming up for... Uh, for Red Sea, that's uh, particularly here in the Bryan College Station area, that's coming up, what is it, next month? Yeah, November 1st, uh, All Saints Day, is our Red Sea Catholic Radio annual benefit dinner. Do I have to come dressed as a saint? Uh, No, but that could be an optional uh, piece of attire that we could recommend to people. I've seen that done. Okay, so tell us a little bit about the benefit dinner this year. Uh, it's going to be at the usual stomping grounds, pack at St. Thomas Aquinas. 7 p.m. is going to be the opening of the doors. People will have a chance to go to Mass at St. Thomas Aquinas for All Saints Day beforehand and then come over to the Parish Activity Center for the benefit dinner. Um, the theme is Catholic saints, um, he- Catholic heroes, past and present. So we're celebrating the saints of church history. And it's going to be kind of brought together by Tom Peterson, our keynote speaker. He is the president of Catholics Come Home. Okay. People have probably seen some of their commercials on TV and, over and, the years. And he also was at the men's conference this last year, was he not? Yes, he was. He was one of the three speakers at the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men's Conference in Austin, which was back in February. And that's actually how we got to know him. We got to hear, hear him for the first time. We were very pleased with, with his presentation. What would somebody do if they wanted to attend this uh, banquet uh, to get tickets? And uh, how many tickets uh, do we have total? We have a unlimited number of, of tickets at, at this point. 
Okay. People can jump in, jump on the bandwagon and um, buy up as many individual tickets as they want to at they this point. They can also buy a table. Can they, they can. Not? They can sponsor a table. Tickets are $25. Table sponsorships start at $500. We've already got a couple of table sponsorships from our underwriters who are um, who earn a table sponsorship automatically by um, being a me- being underwriters. Okay. So we've got Downtown IT, MG Kanzerlozzi and Associates, um, Jeff Paradowski's Law Office, University Dental Associates, Borsky Homes, and Ann Reed, who have all sponsored tables so far, $500 and $1,000 level wow, tables. Wow, that's great. And just go to so Red thank C- you to them very much. And uh, for tickets, go to redsearadio.org. Mm-hmm. Have your credit card handy. Mm-hmm. There's Just click on the banner with um, St. St. Peter's picture. Okay. And um, it will it will get you going. You can purchase your individual tickets or you can sponsor a table. Okay. And, and Red Sea Radio has something else coming up, too, that uh, you were, we were talking about just before the program. Would yes. Would you like to talk to a little bit about that, Thaddeus? Yeah. We, um, you know, people people might know who are listening, uh, we've been talking about um, the page on our website um, that's a kind of a clearinghouse for um, news articles, analysis, um, statements on the crisis that is uh, unfolding currently. And uh, we hope that that's been a help to people to stay abreast of developments. And kind of spinning off of that, um, Dennis and I have, um, we think that we're facing a crisis of fidelity in the I, church today. Yes. On a number of levels and in a number of ways. Um, in the hierarchy all the way down to the laity. We're all at some level a part of this crisis of fidelity. Um, so we decided that next Monday we want to hold a prayer service um, for reparation and atonement uh, for this wave of infidelity that we are living through and to, to make recompense for it. And so that's going to be at 7 p.m. on Monday, September 17th, at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Bryan. Repeat that one more time, please, Dennis. Or about Thaddeus, I'm we're going sorry. To have a, we're going to have a prayer service for atonement and reparation at St. Anthony's in Bryan on Monday, this coming Monday, September 17th, at 7 p.m., it's also going to be simulcast or broadcast live on our radio station across the entire network that day. Um, Deacon Mike Beauvais is going to preside at that prayer service, and we would like as many people to come as, as can. Okay. Uh, we would like it to be—it is a event open to everyone in the Bryan College Station area. Uh, especially people can come from out of town, obviously, if they want to. Um, but it's not its not something just for St. Anthony's. It's just is, is happening at St. Anthony's. St. Anthony's was gracious enough to um, give us the space in the, the main church, in the sanctuary, for this prayer service. So please come. We expect it to last a, about an hour. And w- there will be 
um, opportunity for people to make a holy hour after the end of the prayer service in the church as well. And that's Monday, September 17th at 7 p.m. Okay. And then we're last thing in connection with that, on that day we plan to have um, special readings, reflections, um, meditations, and the like broadcast on the, the local breaks to help people move into a position, uh, a posture of penitence and on that day, and we're going to invite people to join the staff of the radio station in um, fasting on that day as well. Okay, so it's going to be a day of prayer and fasting. Yes, and that has been uh, a, a constant refrain about that there are some um, sins that require prayer and fasting to drive them also out. Also to cast out demons. Indeed, and certainly we have some diabolical infestation, I think. And it's it, it's people in the church. It is not the church. That's right. And uh, that that's not something new to the church. The church has experienced that oh, through yeah. all generations. Oh yeah. So, uh, I've got something that's coming up here at St. Mary's in November that I'd like to talk about. And I think uh, you were telling me that Christopher Lafitte talked about it last. Yeah, yeah. Chris Lafitte was on with uh, Pam Marvin, and he spoke about it uh, when he was on two weeks ago. And so we're and we're helping to promote this event. So yeah, this is something else we're got our hands in. This is uh, by the John Paul II Healing Center. Uh, those of you who the uh, head of that center is uh, Bob Schutz, and you've probably heard, read his book "Be Healed." And yeah. the, the other one I've forgotten right off the top of my head. Uh, his brother Bart will be here to do this. It's a two-day uh, kind of like a mini retreat. Uh, that will be here at St. Mary's. That's November 2nd and 3rd. It'll be from 6.30 to 9 on that Friday, the 2nd, and from 9 to 4 on the 3rd. And so that's the day after our benefit banquet. That's right. And uh, if you want to get more information about this, you can uh, go to the JP2... Go to you can, uh, jp2healingcenter.org. You can register there. And it's J-P-I-I. Yes, I'm Center, sorry. Right? I'm sorry. As I recall. Roman numeral two. Yeah. yeah. J-P-I-I-healingcenter.org. Uh, if you'd like more information about that uh, beyond what you see there, you can contact Becky Kramer at healingthewholepersonbcs at g- gmail.com. That's healing. The whole person BCS, all one word at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we've got a um, spot running for this two day equipping. And then they're planning on having a retreat in, I believe, February. I've heard that was going to happen, but I have I, I have heard that there was a possibility of that, but I hadn't heard that it was going to happen yeah. for sure. Yeah. So there's there's a lot coming in this regard. And again, to emphasize this two day equipping, um, it is for any. It's for anyone. It's not something that is designed for um, clergy and ministry leaders and you know people who do who do spirit lead spiritual direction. It's for any baptized person. My understanding is that both this one and the one in February would be the same. That's type right. Of thing. And, and uh, it, it, those of you that know Christopher Lafitte, who's uh, does the counseling here at St. Mary's, mm-hmm. he can give you a lot more information of that about that because he studied under Bob Schutz yeah. uh, as part of his training. Yeah. I'll go ahead. 
Um, oh, wanted to invite people to, I got the word uh, a couple days ago that Father Albert over at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, September 14th, September 19th, 21st and 22nd, he is going to be offering Mass in the extraordinary form. I know that there are some listeners who are particularly um, attached to that to that form of the liturgy, and so those are going to be happening. He's going to be celebrating um, the exaltation of the, the cross on the 14th, and then three uh, low Masses for uh, Ember Days, which are days of penitence on the old those, uh, calendar. The, the old calendar they had to do with the changing of the seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for those that don't know what you were talking about when you were talking about what the extraordinary form, what mm-hmm. does that mean? That is what's sometimes also called the traditional Latin Mass or the Tridentine okay. uh, Mass. So it'll be the the priest, the most no, couple most noticeable things will be everything's going to be in Latin and the priest will be facing away from the congregation for most of the liturgy, but now is not the time to get into no, but why I mean, that's the if case. If somebody showed up and they didn't understand what in the world was going on, it would be better that they knew before. Yeah, but it'll be a it'll be a very unique experience if you haven't for those, prayed the mass that way before. For those of us that were raised that way, it will not be quite so unique. <laughs> uh, I I want to talk about something else that's happening. It's it's uh, it's the beginning of the school year, and. What happens in most parishes at the beginning of the school year, there are a lot of new programs that are coming up or, or they're re- being revitalized. Uh, in looking at some of the, the uh, bulletins for our listening area, I saw that in particular for men's ministry, uh, which is very appropriate since Dennis Daniel is very involved Indeed. in men's ministry, is that there are men's ministries that are starting up again at various parishes. The ones that I saw in the Waco area in particular were Sacred Heart, St. Jerome, and St. Louis. And my experience with men's ministries are that you don't have to be a member of that parish to be a part of it. It's just an opportunity to be with other men. Uh, in, in the Waco area, Most, I think all three of them are being called That Man Is You, which I'm not sure whether they're using the program from Paradisi, Paradisus Day or not, but which is an excellent program. It usually consists of about 30-minute video and a half an hour of uh, discussion about the video. And it's very rock-solid teaching about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a Catholic Christian man. And uh, they start very early in the morning. Um, uh, in, in Sacred Heart and Waco, they start at 6 at, uh, let's see, I don't have the time for the one at St. Jerome and Waco, and it's at 6, 5, let's see, wait a minute. Just a minute, I got it here. Six o'clock uh, at St. Louis and Waco, and uh, uh, St. Joseph's here has a men's formation that meets Monday mornings at uh, six. I see St. Sacred Heart is. I don't have the date here, but you can check the bulletins and check the the uh, parishes there. The other thing that's happening in most uh, many parishes. And I forgot to mention St. Thomas Aquinas has a men's group that meets every Thursday at 6 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the other thing that happens is uh, continuing education for adults in many parishes. Uh, this is an excellent opportunity if you want to learn more about your Catholic faith or you're looking for uh, just something to do. Uh, and, and these go with various parishes as well in such a way that 
uh, if you're in an area, if you're willing to drive 10, 15 miles, you can find something that you can attend, and I'm sure the parishes will be happy to have you there. Uh, there's also the opportunity, uh, a couple of other opportunities that starting in many parishes right now, uh, they are still needing people who are willing to work with the young people in the RE program, and they are starting up RCIA programs. So there's opportunities for you to be there. Uh, from what I've heard from people who've been in the RCIA program, they come out much better Catholics for having gone in to try to bring other people into the church. Mm-hmm. So I don't have much more. So are you are you telling me that you think we're ready to go to break? Is that what you're? Oh yes. Is that what it, you're thinking? I I think it's a good time for a break. Okay, well let's take a break and then okay. we'll come back on the other side with Dennis Daniel with yes. the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. Right. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. Today is September the 12th. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and we're glad to have you back here. And I have in the studio with me Dennis Daniel, who is with the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, and I never can remember what his title is. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Gene. Yeah, I'm the executive director as of the 1st of June of this year. Which means what? You get all the arrows shot at you if something goes wrong? Right. If anything that needs to get done, they volunteer me automatically, and then I try to get it fit, uh, taken care of after that. Yeah. And that means that your car has to be in good working condition Ab- at all times. Absolutely. The diocese is very large. And, uh, you know, my role is to really work across the diocese to uh, either uh, plant uh, ministry to men and, and parishes across the diocese, uh, Coach up the, the the programs that are already there. Uh, we've we've recently reset the vision and the mission of the uh, of the fellowship. Uh, we're not just the conference guys. You know, the, the the whole objective is to make sure that every man in the diocese of Austin has the opportunity to participate in a very vibrant uh, ministry to men. So. And uh, this this is the quasi official ministry for men from the diocese of Austin. I mean, it's not diocesan. It's not out of the uh, chancery office, but this is this is it. This is it. Um, we we actually received our charter from Bishop Amon uh, about ten years ago, and uh, it it is a a private uh, ministry. Uh, we have our our own board. We do have a chaplain that's appointed from the uh, from the diocese. But yeah, if you go out and you click on the diocesan webpage and you're looking for evangelization and, and you go down and you look for men, you click on that link, you're going to come to us. So this is not a new ministry. This is something that's been around for 10 years. Yes, it has. It's been around for 10 years. Uh, we, we're planning our seventh annual conference coming up. But uh, right now in the Diocese of Austin, we have between 800 and 1,000 men that are actively engaged in ministries um, uh, that are specifically focused on men's spiritual development. And uh, we've got 25 to 30 active parishes. And uh, so, so my job is to work across the diocese to grow those numbers. Now, you just handed me a book that it says it's by Beacon Publishing, which is uh, uh, dynamic Catholic, mm-hmm. and it says in the in the front of it that this is from the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. So you you guys have got a reputation now, right? 
Yeah. It's, and, what, and what's the name of that book? So the name of the book is No Man Left Behind, Catholic Edition. We actually worked with a group that has been involved in ministry to men for quite some time. And um, uh, the model that's in the book talks about various stages that, that men go through in their spiritual development. And what we try to do is work with a parish to not only understand uh, where men are on their spiritual path, but how you address men. Um, you know, there's certain things that parishes need to do to have a vibrant ministry to men. Uh, and we all, we all recognize that, that uh, you know, in the state of the country right now, uh, our, our families are weak. Uh, and a lot of that goes back to men's leadership on, from a spiritual perspective. And so what we're trying to do is work with parishes to address uh, spiritual development programs for men. This is not about getting guys to, to do more things. So it's not, it's not a uh, uh, Knights of Columbus or anything of that nature? No, no. Most, most, menis- most men's ministry, and that's why I talk about ministry to men as opposed to men's ministries, most men's ministries are service-oriented. Okay, uh, I'm a member of the Knights. The Knights is a great organization. It's very service. Their their charism is service and giving back to the community. And what we're trying to do is work with men for their spiritual development, their development as leaders, their development as fathers. Um, you know, addressing the the heart of the man as opposed to you know the you know the the, the function of a man, if you will. And the church in general has not done a very good job of doing that. I mean, they've they've had programs, but they haven't really met men where they are. And I think your life is an example of that. You you told me a little bit about your history uh, and that you actually were raised in Waco mm-hmm. in St. Louis Parish yep. many, many years ago, went to Riker High School. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I graduated from Riker class of 77. And uh, you're right. Uh, I think that the church, um, you know, has, has kind of taken, uh, you know, men from not not necessarily for granted, but they just kind of assume that it would always be there, you know. Um, but you know, if we if you go back and you look at at the model that our Lord put in place, He went out and He sought out twelve men. Yes. And it and the church grew through that. And if you take a look at uh, even the church history, if you take a look at Adam, you know, Adam failed at his job. He didn't he leave his family. Did. And and we're still suffering the ramifications of that. But if you if you go to the to book of Acts and you read about the first Gentile convert, his name was Cornelius, and he was a he was a soldier. He was a Roman soldier, and he sought out Peter. Uh, he learned from Peter. He learned the faith. He came to the faith, and when he came to the faith, he brought his entire household with him. And so those are the two models that we kind of compare against and say, look, you know, unfortunately, too many men are like Adam. And we want a lot more Corneliuses. We want guys that are going to be strong in their faith and lead their families back to the faith. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Because uh, those of you who were at St. Mary's for 8 o'clock Mass Sunday or one of the times when uh, Pastor uh, Brian uh, McMaster preached, he talked about how Jesus took his uh, disciples by the long route to get where they were going in the gospel and he gave the example of going from College Station to Houston by way of Dallas. And so many of our lives are a situation of going from Waco or College Station or Palestine to, to Houston by way of Dallas. And your life uh, is an example of that as well as, 
is it not? Yeah, very much. Uh, you know, I grew up in I grew up in the faith. Uh, my dad was not a, a man of faith. My mother, uh, you know, we we watched mom, and and you went to church because mom was going to church, and dad would make sure that you went to church with mom. Uh, but as as I grew up, uh, I, I married a beautiful woman uh, that was not Catholic at the time, um, and uh, as as we moved away from Waco and and moved away from our roots, uh, you know, I fell away from the church. I did not. Uh, I wasn't actively practicing. I became a CEO Catholic. Uh, you know, Christmas and Easter only, uh, and. Uh, you know, we, we continue to stay active in a church, but it wasn't necessarily the Catholic Church. You know, we we uh, we spent time with the uh, with a, a Baptist church in California. We spent time with the Methodist church in in uh, Mississippi whenever we lived there, and uh, so I did not really fulfill my leadership role uh, with with the family uh, during those early years of our marriage. Um, whenever we moved back to Texas, I started uh, attending Mass again. My wife was still in Mississippi, and I started attending Mass again. And I recognized that there was something that I had been missing all along, and that was the Eucharist. Um, and so as, as I grew closer and closer to my faith, um, it actually put quite a bit of strain on my family because uh, my family had, had, was very comfortable in the Methodist Church, which is where we had settled. And for many years, um, I was attending uh, Mass in the morning and then going to Sunday school and, and Methodist church uh, with my wife and kids. Um, then as time went on, uh, you know, I got involved with friends of mine that kind of helped me along the path, men that came that, that I built relationships and, uh, with, and they, and they brought me along the path, and I became deeper and deeper in my faith. I went through CHIRP. I became a lector and a cantor at my parish. Okay, and t- explain what CHIRP is for those that don't know what CHIRP is. Christ renews its par- his parish. Um, it's, a, it's basically a retreat-based setting for, and, for a weekend. And, it's, and it also, like uh, Awakening and Acts, is based on the Curcio movement. Absolutely. So. And it, it was a tremendous emotional experience for me, uh, probably the first time in years that I had actually felt the finger of God touch me in my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, was, it was very much a, a, an awakening. Uh, again, I was clearly on a, on a path, and, and the further that I walked down the path, the, the more strain that it put on my family. Um, over time, um, my kids started, uh, asking about the Catholic faith. Um, they eventually each joined the, the Catholic church through, through their own volition under RCIA. And eventually my wife, um, uh, also, you know, came back to the faith and, you know, we're all, uh, you know, several years back, I, I filled a pew for the first time. It was the most thrilling thing for, for, for me personally, uh, was to have all my family together in in mass at communion at the same time. It, it was just incredible experience. But it was it was a hard path because I had fallen away. I did not lead the the family, uh, you know, to the church in our early years of our marriage. And as a result, you know, we had to go through some suffering in order to uh, to pull us all back together again. Uh, I want to go back to that reconversion to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. When we were talking several weeks ago, you told me that there was a friend at work that was very instrumental in bringing you back to the church. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it was... Um, I, can, I can look back in my faith journey and see 
men that have all that have been there for me at the appropriate time. And this this guy was just terrific. He was extremely gentle. Uh, and, you know, it, it just began by me walking by his desk and saying that he had a crucifix, you know, at his desk. And we started talking. And uh, <coughs> I mentioned that, uh, uh, that I was also Catholic. And so we just began uh, dialogue. And it was that simple. And then, you know, as, as we became closer in our discussions, he, he gave me a, a book to read and he gave me some CDs to listen to. After listening to the CDs and, and reading the books that he gave me, then it, it, it was almost like a light switch went on. And um, uh, so, you know, there's always angels in our lives, and he was clearly one of those angels to me. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, it, was just a, it was just awesome that, um, uh, that he was there for me. And, and again, that's why ministry to men is so important. It was a man talking to another man. You know, there was times in my faith journey that my wife and I could not speak to each other about our faith at all. And I think it's always important for, you know, the faith has been handed down one person to the next for 2,000 years. It's important that you have someone there next to you on your faith journey that you can speak with, frankly, about your faith. And, um, you know, that's why our, our book is, is entitled No Man Left Behind. Uh, you know, our, 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 our Lord sent out his disciples in pairs. He, he did that for a reason. You know, he knew that they were engaging in spiritual battle. And anytime that you're in battle, somebody's going to weaken, and there needs to be somebody in that foxhole with them to back them up. And so that's why we chose no man there, left behind. There is a very uh, good expression that says every man needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Silas. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need a Paul who is your mentor. You need a Barnabas that you walk with, and a Silas that you're mentoring. And ex- exactly, and that's that's the thing. You know, the 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 that ability to have someone there to cover your back, and for you to be there to cover somebody else's back is just is just absolutely vital. Now, this man that came to you was he? Uh, he had a crucifix at his desk, but was he very well versed in the faith? Or oh, was... absolutely. He was awesome. He was a member of Opus Dei. I didn't know it okay. at the time, but he was he was very deep in his faith. Uh, he was very active in in our parish, and um, uh, it was it was really interesting because I'd never even seen him at 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 uh, at our, our one of our masses because you know you tip at a large parish you there's typically different mass schedules and so forth, but it was just by a movement of the spirit. He ended up being on my staff, and so we were working very closely together. And um, uh, but but yeah, he was very deep in his faith, and uh, still is. I need to apologize to our listeners here that I have been cutting Dennis off because I am recovering from a cold that I caught when I was on vacation, and I hit the wrong button when I had to cough. So uh, I ask your forgiveness. And again, my guest is Dennis Daniel. He is the executive director of the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. And how can a man do what this man did for you? I mean, does he have to be extremely strong in his faith? Does he have to be extremely knowledgeable in his faith? What does, what does a man need to do to do what that man did for you? You know, I, it's, that's a very interesting question because— we recognize that men are at all different 
places on a spiritual journey. And, you know, some guys, they just want to go out and, and watch, it, watch a football game and have a couple of beers, okay? And then other guys at the other end of the spectrum, they're ready for, for ordination. You know, they're on their path to the diaconate or priesthood or whatever. And, and there's a complete spectrum of, of where guys are on their journey. And so, so your faith journey is almost like a bucket brigade. You just need to be ready to, hand, to, to reach out and grab the guy that's next to you in the line. So you don't have to be an expert you know, the definition of an expert is the guy that knows just a little bit more about a topic than you do. Well, Victor Borg's definition of an expert was a do you take X and spurt? X is, means used to be, and spurt is a drip under pressure. So an expert's a has been drip under pressure. <laughs> so, and it's <laughs> what, you're really, really good. what you're really saying is it's not about a man's ability, it's about right. his availability. Availability, but, being willing to discuss where you are. And where the next guy is, um, and that's what's so important about these men ministries to men in parishes, isn't it, Dennis? Right, right. You know, one of the things that that we look at is, uh, you know, Christ. He actually followed a process. You know, if you think about it, the first thing that he did and everything is he prayed. So, yes. so you've got to be at least, you know, in a prayerful mode, and and. And, you know, being willing to, to open your heart and open your mind to, to God. The next thing is he, he just met people in his journey. He met people in his path. And then the next thing that he did is he built relationship with them. So if you think about it, meeting people and building relationship, that's really what a lot of this is all about. Ministry to men is all about meeting guys. You know, who's the guy that's sitting next to you in your pew? I mean, if you've been sitting next to a guy in a pew for five years and you don't know his name, Meet the guy, you know, start to build a relationship. Once you've done that, now you're ready to start moving into the next level where you're willing to discuss your faith and he's willing to discuss his faith and so forth. I think there's another thing that, that we tend to forget. We go into, let's say that we finally, I'll call it, screw up the courage to go into one of these ministries for men. And we expect that ministry to men to meet our needs immediately. And, and even in that ministry, not all of your needs, needs are going to be met. It may be one or two men out of there right. that you can build that relationship with. You get fed at the men's meeting, but it's outside of there where you really get your, get your needs met and meet the needs of somebody else. Oh, ab- absolutely. And, you know, you see uh, in time, just time of exposure, just being there and being present, it, it's it's kind of like geology, you know. Uh, a little bit of pressure for a long period of time makes a, makes a huge change. And, you know, that's what you're really looking at is just being present with men that are on a similar journey. And, and the fact is we all have the same struggles. You know, we all have the same struggles with work. We all have the same struggles with family, with our jobs, with our kids, with whatever, you know, with fa- with finances. And just knowing that there's other guys that are there that are walking the same journey with you and being able to reach out and talk to those guys uh, about what it is that they've learned. And some of the some of the conversation is going to be about work or finances or whatever, and some of it's going to be about your spiritual journey. And that's just that's what why having a relationship is so important. Now, your your relationship— getting back into the church began with this one man and it progressed. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, was was this in Waco when this was happening? No, that, it was actually in Austin. Okay, uh, I was uh, I was working for a uh, for a high tech company in Austin, uh, and it was there. Um, and uh, you know, once uh, he had kind of started me back on the path, I was doing a lot of travel at the time, and which is very difficult anyway. Oh, it is hard. It's hard on the family, and it's hard. It's it's hard on the individual as well, but. Fortunately, I had a lot of time to read and study. And uh, for about three years, uh, at my destination, I was going out to San Jose, California, and I was going out there every week for about three years. And uh, I I had the ability to to pour over just a huge amount of of material on the faith, on the catechism, uh, you know, apologetics, uh, you know, you name it, I read it. And uh, it was just, uh, I, it was just uncovering so much wealth of knowledge that as a, even as a cradle Catholic, I didn't know. And what it sounds to me, Dennis, what you did, which is so important, is travel that, that very difficult distance of taking it from your head to your heart. Right. And which is the most difficult distance to travel. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, the, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I truly believe that while I can look back on the journey and see that it was a spirit-filled journey, I had to get my head around the faith before it ever really touched my heart. Uh, I had to, you know, I'm just a logical person, so I had mm-hmm. to come through th- to my faith through that through that logic and through that reason. It was insufficient, but it it that's the path that that worked for me. And but you you opened the valve to get from valve. your head to your heart. That's exactly right. And you know now, uh, you know where I am in the on the on the journey. There's a lot more heart involved than there is than there is head. But like I say, every guy's everybody is on the same path. The journey may be a little bit different. You may have guys that are more heart led versus head led or or service led. And the the fact is, you just got to meet guys where they are. And, and help them on the path. Well, when you look in the history of the church, a couple of saints that come to mind who were thought to be absolute dolts and incapable of doing anything are St. John Vianney mm-hmm. and St. Joseph of Capistrano. Right. And yet God was able to use them because they opened their hearts to God and were willing to do what God told them to do. You know, it's, it's very interesting that over this journey— uh, I've seen things happen in my life that I never would have expected. Um, you know, we talked about uh, we talked about the, the the No Man Left Behind book several years ago. Uh, I was in a men's program uh, at my home parish, or St. John Vianney, in Round Rock, and um, I started getting signals that I was called to to write a book. Now, I had never considered, never even thought about writing a book. And, um, but what I was saying is in the men's program, we had a lot of guys that were, you know, late forties and fifties and sixties in the men's group. And there weren't a lot of young guys in there. Yes. And, uh, I recognized that, that the young guys needed something shorter and more concise. And so basically I, I felt a call to, to, to write a book. I did it. It was an awesome experience. I've got great f- feedback on it, but it's just one of those things where I never thought that it would ever come out of me, and it did. And uh, and the Lord's using it to, to do His work. You know, it's now, awesome. You were telling me this book is self-published, which means that you took all the risk. Yeah, yeah, it, I did, and and but at the same time, uh, uh, it it didn't feel like it at the time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, I, I'll just give you a short story. Uh, my spiritual director had indicated that I needed to meet a father-son team uh, out of Waco that were doing a lot of work in spiritual development and so forth, but he didn't recall their names. And um, uh, so I had, I felt the call to write the book. I sat down, I, I got the manuscript uh, ready to go, and I started looking for, for a publisher. And I was in a, a, a business, a Catholic business networking meeting in, in Round Rock, and at the end of the meeting, we were exchanging business cards. And I saw a young man, and he had talked about what his career track was. And, and I just started speaking to him, and, and I traded business cards with him. I flipped over his business card, and there were two book covers on the back of his business card. And so I said, well, you know, I'd like to talk to you about, about your publisher. And he says, oh, yeah, I have a publishing firm that I, that I work with very, very closely. And so as we started exchanging information, it turned out that he was the son of this father and son team that my spiritual director had indicated that I should meet. Wow. And uh, his name is Bill, uh, Billy Moyer, Bill and Billy oh, Moyer. Yes, I know them. Are, are active, active in men's ministry. As a matter of fact, Bill Moyer, his dad, was one of the founders of the Central Texas Fellowship. Yes. And uh, so it's, you know, there were so many um, little nuanced signs in the entire process that I didn't feel any risk. Now, where is, is this book, book still available? And it's, what, it's, it's called what, Man Up? Yes, it's Man Up, A Practical Guide to Being a Dad. It is available. It's, it's available on, uh, on Amazon. Uh, I've got a Facebook page that, that folks can reach out to me there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just launched a second printing of the book, uh, and uh, those ought to be in, uh, in inventory here in about another three or four weeks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, and the feedback that I've gotten on the book has been great. Um, I haven't actively marketed the book, to be, to be honest. I, I got uh, side, sidetracked with career and so forth, but uh, the Spirit is continuing to use the book. I, had a, I, I recently had a parish come forward and buy 500 copies of the book for their men uh, in, in, and give them away for Father's Day. So I know that it's out there doing the work that it was intended to do. Let's divert a little bit from your personal life. We may intertwine it with some of the things we'll talk about. Let's talk about the Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men, and particularly their No Man Left Behind campaign. Right. It's, you know, ministry to men uh, has—whenever I retired, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do some sort of, a, some sort of charitable activity— and uh, so I got, uh, I was requested, or, or the, the members volunteered. Reached, well, <laughs> they actually approached me and said, look, would you consider joining our board? And I said, absolutely, I'd love to. And, uh, you know, the more I realize, you know, what's going on in, in, in our communities and in our, in our church and in our, in our country, uh, the more it, it, it dawned on me that, that you know, there, there's been a weakness in male leadership for the last couple of generations. And yeah, I'd say longer than that. Well, and but you're being kind. That's okay. You know, I can only remember back a couple of generations, Gene. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, I can remember a couple, at least one more than you. Maybe one more. So, but anyway, um, so, so it dawned on me that probably one of the most significant ministries that you can be involved in is ministry to men. Because men have a leadership role. The kids are watching their, their, the men around them, and they're following those guys. Uh, you know, uh, I've heard on, on several different occasions that if, that if a mom and dad take a kid to church, there's an 80% chance that the kid's going to go to church. If mom takes the kids and dad is not there, that drops from 80% down to about 40 or 50%. But if dad alone takes the kids, 
that number stays up close to 80%. I've heard that from from um, uh, from Steve Bowman and that manager. You have heard it again from Dr. Ray Garindi. I, I presume that the facts are, are there. But the kids are watching the men in their lives, and they're following that pattern. So if you are not leading a, a, a life, you're— you're you're leading. It's just which direction are you leading? You know, are you leading them back toward God, or are you leading them uh, in another direction? And so, the whole purpose of the fellowship is to work with men to make sure that they're leading uh, in the right direction. And um, you know, if you take a look at all of the ills in society, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's drug abuse, whether it's you know pornography, whether it's abortion, all of these things go back down to the fact that men are not doing their jobs. And so, thank it, you very much. I appreciate that that well, you say that to me. I apologize to you, Gene. You're doing your part, okay? But the the issue is, if you take a look around, you know, you might have you know one or two percent of the guys of a given parish are there. I mean, think about it. A parish priest is responsible for all of the souls in his parish. But all you, of them. Yes, and you know Matthew Kelly, I think, addresses this so well in when he talks about that is so much much easier to sit back in your lazy boy recliner with your 39-ounce package of potato chips and your six-pack of beer with the channel changer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, we all, we all know the guys that are in the pews. Okay, that's great. I'm glad that they're in the pews. But every parish that I visit, you don't see all the guys that are in the pews that are helping out with the parish. You only see maybe 10 or 20% if you're lucky. And, and, but the fact of the matter is it's not just the guys that are in the pews that we're responsible for. It's the guys that are not in the pews. It's the guys that drop their kids off at CCE and drive on and go to the golf course or, or sit around and watch football on Sunday mornings. So, so all of those men are what we're talking about. So no man left behind means no man left behind. Okay, let me ask you a question. Uh, I know that probably both of us, when uh, we were in our careers, found it very difficult even to go to a six o'clock in the morning breakfast, mm-hmm. like a lot of the programs are that the Central Texas Fellowship promotes. Mm-hmm. What do you say to, say, the 35 or 39 year old man who has a job where he's just, it's a lot of stress and strain and a lot of effort on his part, and he has three, four kids, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe he's, he has to take two of them to one school? And the wife takes two to the other school or whatever it is. What do you say to him? How do how how do you get past his saying, I just cannot do this? You know, you can do whatever it is that you want to, that that you really want to do. Okay. And that's the thing. You can make time for something that's important. And you know, the kicker is this. Um the spouses of the men that are actively engaged in these ministries to men see the differences in their in their husbands. The kids see the differences in their husbands or in, in their in their in their dads. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the kid needs your time more than they need your money. But if it's not quality time, okay, the kid is getting time. But if it's not quality time, they're still not getting what they deserve. Our whole thing is to try to help that time with those kids be quality time, understanding what your real role is as a dad and as a as a husband as and as a friend, you know. And uh, you know, I mean, 
one of the small anecdotes is is the family that is eating meals together. There's data out there that shows that if a family is eating meals together five days a week, the probability is much higher that the kid will not have a problem with drugs or you know uh, you know issues in school and this that and the other. But you know what we're saying is people are getting so distracted with their work lives. Mom's working, dad's working, everything is going on. They're taking kids to every activity on under the sun out there. They're filling their time with other stuff. Okay, but our number one job, our number one obligation is to get those kids back to heaven. God gave us those kids as our responsibility. And if we're not fulfilling our responsibility to do everything we can to get those kids back to heaven, we're not doing our, our number one job. We've got about five minutes left, Dennis. I want you to talk about what's coming up in February, and I'd like you to discuss some specific things that Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men is doing to help individual individuals and parishes to make sure that no man is left behind. That's awesome. Yeah, the I mentioned earlier that... Uh, we have our seventh annual men's conference is coming up in uh, in February of next year, February 23rd of next year. It'll be at St. Williams Parish in Round Rock. Uh, we're expecting between 1,000 and 1,200 men for that conference. Uh, we've got some terrific speakers. Um, Vince Young, uh, former uh, uh, quarterback of TU, you know that little school over in Austin. Which one? Uh, yeah, that that other one. The, yeah, yeah, you know, the one that with the with the bad colors, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, Vince Young will be uh, one of our speakers. Um, uh, John Leonetti will be a guest speaker. Hector Molina will be a guest speaker. Uh, the bishop, uh, one of the bishops, are, are are planning on doing the mass for us, which and which is always awesome. The bishops are really behind us on this. Uh, so we're really looking forward to, to having that many men, uh, you know, together. And it's always a, a very powerful experience. Uh, and we'll fill the raft. We'll fill the church at St. Williams this year with a men's conference. So uh, I don't know if you've been there, but it's massive. I've been there, and it's an opportunity for those who are in the well, like in Waco and in and in uh, Bryan College Station area, and, and uh, even the folks in Palestine who are listening. You're welcome to come to this. Also, it's an opportunity to have some bonding time in the car. Oh, absolutely. Getting there. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of guys from Waco that come down, and they'll rent a bus. And, and the, the bus ride is just as much fun as, as going to the conference. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, very few guys have had the opportunity to sit in and listen to a thousand men all saying the Our Father at the same time. Okay. And it's, it's just an incredible experience. So the conference will be great, and uh, we're looking forward to having guys there. Give us a specific of dates and times and how people can get tickets and what the, what the cost is. February 23rd uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning is when uh, Mass will start. Uh, it'll be at St. Williams in Round Rock. Uh, the best way to get tickets is to go to SyntexCatholic.com. That's our website, okay, and you can order tickets there. Uh, tickets uh, between now and the 15th of December are $45 if you order them online. Uh, excuse me, they're 50 if you order them online, 45 if, if you order them as an individual before the, uh, before the, uh, the 15th. Um, group discounts are awesome. Okay, If you can get a group of 10 or more, the ticket price drops to $35 uh, a, a ticket. So, you know, we're highly encouraging parishes, knights, councils, uh, buddies, grab your friends uh, and, and go online and get a group get a group ticket for 35 bucks. Now, what what it would be the minimum age on this? I mean, I know you're shooting for men who are 20, 20 probably 
30, 35 is the target. Uh, no, absolutely. Any any guy, I mean, we see guys bringing their sons. Okay? And 12-year-old son? Absolutely. You know, it's this is all G-rated stuff, guys. Okay, so so you know you're you're going to be okay bringing your 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 sons there, twelve, fifteen year old sons and up. Uh, and uh, like I say, we have a lot of dads that are bringing their their teenage boys into into the conference. Uh, we I've seen I've seen three generations at the same conference. It's it's really awesome to see grandpa and dad and and grandson all there at the conference. So uh, yeah, we're we're targeting that. I want to drop off a whole stack for the college students over here at A and M. Whenever we say no man left behind, we don't have age brackets on it. We don't have racial brackets on it. No cultural brackets. We want every man to be a, a part of a vibrant ministry to men. Okay, now let's talk about the man that say is. 30 miles outside of Waco or 30 miles outside of Bryan College Station, and there's no active ministry to men in his parish. What can he do? And he doesn't even know whether his pastor would be open to it. First thing is start to pray, okay? Uh, pray for the men in your in your in your parish. Pray for the men that you know, okay? It's always it's this is a spiritual battle. Start praying about it. Second thing, reach out to us at the Central Texas Fellowship. Go to our website, centexcatholic.com. You can send me an email directly. And we, what we're trying to do is, is I'm positioning men across the Diocese of Austin. We call them deanery leads. And we have one or two deanery leads in uh, eight of the 11 deaneries that we have. And their whole role is to work with parishes, priests, and, and, and the laity of a parish to help launch uh, programs. So uh, if you'll just reach out to us at CentexCatholic.com, uh, we can put you in touch with the right people to help you get started. And if you don't remember all that, you can just look at Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men or Central Texas Catholic Men or something like that and Google it and you'll find them. Google it and it'll pop right up. Central Texas Fellowship of Catholic Men. That's a long name. I, I'm glad I practiced that. Yeah, we're, we're looking at that. SyntexCatholic.com. <laughs> or you can go onto the diocesan website and look up men's ministry, and that'll, that'll get you to us as well. Okay. So, Dennis, you have been awesome. I am so glad that you've been here. Uh, about 30 seconds worth of stuff that you might want to say. Well, you know, no man left behind is really important, okay? Understanding that—, that you know, we have an obligation for, that has lasted for 2,000 years to hand the faith on to the next person, okay? And so just kind of keep that in mind. Our whole mission is to help men become stronger disciples, and I don't know of a single man that couldn't become a stronger disciple. Okay, thank you so much, Dennis. Uh, it's been great. The book, again, is No Man Left Behind and Man Up, and one is available from Dynamic Catholic and the other one on Amazon. Thank you, Dennis. This is Gene Wilhelm. I thank you so much for being with us today on Red Sea Roundup. And remember, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. Rumors and talking.